And we are live. Welcome, fellow lightworkers, starseeds, and renegades to Subjectively Offensive Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis Mercer, shadow coach and truth seeker. On today's episode, we're going to discuss what it means to be indigo and how indigo has been bastardized in the mainstream on social media and over the internet at large. Indigo, to me personally, and this is going to be a personal story, um, I the longest time, well, since my uh, awakening about two years ago, have considered indigo in the early years to be more of like a flower child type movement uh, for overprivileged children um, and teenagers who have yet to grasp reality and how it actually works in the real world. Um, But then I discovered over time after doing some digging within to this subject that there's much more to uh, indigos than uh, first lead. I came across a book um, by uh, an author named uh, Sarah Biggs. Uh, it's called uh, Indigo uh, Revolution. Uh, shout out to Sarah. Um, and in that book, she uh, demonstrates and shows that uh, indigos are revolutionists. Um, Indigos are the renegades. They are the trailblazers of truth. They are um, unable to be manipulated and uh, controlled by institutions, by authority. Um, They have a difficulty listening to authority. The indigos are the ones that in their schools, you know, in their uh, uh, classrooms were the ones always asking the hard questions. Uh, the ones that would get the teacher riled up and put you in detention or, you know, shout you out in front of the class um, and, uh, you know, trying to mock your intelligence. Um, the indigos are the ones who are bored in schools um, because it's difficult for them to hold attention to something that they already know subconsciously is ridiculous and doesn't have any real sense doesn't have any real weight to the teachings. So the indigo, um, in my experience, the indigo has had a uh, rough upbringing. Doesn't have to be um, in terms of uh, you know being raised in a uh, uh, broken family, you know, um, disconnected, um, you know, like uh, it poor poor neighborhood, um, poor in general. Um, you know, you, you can be raised in a, uh, a wealthy family and still have, um, you know, mental abuses and emotional abuses and, you know, uh, lack of um, emotional connections um, and, of course, physical abuse and all the rest of it. And, um, yes, the uh, the indigo in the early days um, usually had a lot of uh, difficulties fitting in to groups. And usually they are diagnosed, like myself, I was diagnosed with ADHD at a young age, diagnosed at uh, age 13 years old. And um, that, that really shaped my life moving forward. But, you know, um, when it comes to all of that is, you know, I truly believe now that all of it happens for a reason. So, you know, nothing that uh, we go through um, that is tough like that uh, is an accident. You know, it's preparing us. It's, it's uh giving us the armor necessary for us to move forward on our journey. So with the, uh, uh, with the indigo, indigo for me is taking my power back. 
from ADHD. ADHD is um, considered to be um, a disorder. It's considered to be a disability. And if you, uh, listening to this, you know, identify with ADHD, you are a victim. Well, it's plain and simple. There's no sugarcoating it whatsoever. And uh, you are meant to um, be not yourself. By taking those medications, by taking Adderall and um, Ritalin, and I know firsthand because I've taken them myself, they make you dependent on these uh, medications, so-called medications, and then you think that you cannot live without them. And then when you have to have a refill, you know, maybe have a few days before you can go see your doctor and you, you know, you have trouble uh, sleeping, eating, you know, you're uh, a little uh, testy, your nerves are on edge, you can't seem to sit still, you always have to pace around the room when you're close by, you can't really sit down for long periods of time, you're super restless. Um, and, you know, initially uh, for me, Adderall, uh, when I started taking that, it was uh, it, it was great experience actually. Um, for the first day, I had a very calm mind. I was able to uh, to really think for myself. Um, well, sorry, not think for myself, but my thoughts were um, less distractive. I had less of a, a continuous thoughts going on simultaneously. So it helped me um, focus, you know, give me clarity on what I wanted to do at any given time. But what I really wanted to do at any given time mostly was, uh, you know, sweeping a floor or, um, you know, doing what I was told to do. I couldn't really think for myself. I uh, didn't have any other uh, thoughts besides what what any given task at one time. And that that took away from you know, my ability to critically think outside of the box. Um, and it took away my personality as well. So the, um, the ADHD for me, um, when I actually dropped that label, um, and it was difficult, right? Because, you know, my in, in society in general supported uh, ADHD. They supported that view of, uh, of myself. And it was... Uh, very difficult to uh, detach myself from that because I was so um, enamored and so uh, certain of my disability, of uh, how I thought of myself. And I was supported, you know, by my friends and my family uh, that this thing, this ADHD thing was a, a legit thing, right? And then you could search online, right? You search on uh, Google and um, you know other search engines, and you would come up with uh, you know ADHD being an actual medical condition, and um, you know it being something that is um, you know it, it's uh, uh, it keeps uh, children well the, you know they're born with it and uh, they're going to stay like that for the rest of their lives and they have to be medicated and it's just like a normal thing and that you know. If you're if you have ADHD, you're just not as prepared or ready um, for the world as most people, and you just have to accept it. But um, no, that's not the case at all. Um, I like to state for myself um, that ADHD is 
a um, it was a program. It was it was it was designed. The intention of it was created to keep people that think differently, that um, have a trouble have trouble um, dealing and uh, obeying authority without questioning it, holding them down so they stop doing those things. So they stop trying to uh, figure out and understand, you know, the bigger picture of things um, because they just want you to be more uh, obedient. They want you to be, you know, more uh, one-sided in your thinking. They want you to just listen to what they have to say, what, you know, what the powers that be have to say and what they want for you, you know, go to school, get a job, get married, you know, settle down. That's it. That's all there is. That's that's all there ever needs to be. But that is incorrect. That is completely wrong. There's a lot more to life than that. There's a lot more options available to you. And um, when you free yourself from that label, when you free yourself from ADHD, when you free yourself from mental illness in general, you know, uh, depression, anxiety, um, all these things. And of course, we we do experience these things, but that's a that's an episode for another time. But um, with uh, with uh, Indigo, it um, it actually started off with a, a woman named Nancy Tapp in the seventies, I believe. And Nancy, she was able to uh, pick up on um, the aura orc field uh, within people. She had a um, a condition known as uh, synthanasia, where she was able to um, see um, the different uh, colors of the aura of people. She was blind, but she was able to see um, the colors of uh, these people, the auras of each of each person. And for the longest time, um, she was you know for decades she was seeing only certain primary colors um within each person um and then around the uh late 90s no sorry late or early 90s late uh, 90s she then started to see um this new uh aura color uh field and it was indigo colored and so and then she also noticed that these people that were coming in um you know to her area and like, uh, you know, talking to her and stuff like that, they, they seem to be very compassionate. They seem to be more empathetic towards other people that they didn't know. And um, that is uh, a huge um, sign of, uh, of indigo for myself. And I can only, you know, talk through my own experience here, of course. But um, from my own personal experience, that uh, was, uh, you know, one of those signs. Like I... I've always been more empathetic towards um, others than anyone around me, um, but I'm not, you know, in the uh, a huge populated area, so um, that's not really that uh, surprising. But um, you know, it 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 uh, it's a great thing, of course, being empathetic towards others um, and having that connection and the compassion for others. But it can certainly get you in trouble when uh, you care too much um, and you go out of your length of your own personal life and, you know, get involved with other people's business, um, you know, thinking that you're like family with them and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, you, you're, uh, you're jumping way too far ahead of yourself. Um, 
so yeah, that that's just uh, you know one of those hurdles that you need to get over uh, <laughs> as uh, as being an indigo. But um, my uh, my group, um, I have a Facebook group right now, and this is pretty much the only method right now in order to uh, reach out to fellow indigos. Um, is essentially centered around helping the newly awakened indigos um, find themselves, find who they truly are. Because like I said earlier, the uh, the amount of stuff that is on um, the uh, internet, uh, and that's, you know, that's how we find ourselves originally, right? We look down the rabbit hole and we go into all those different articles and, and uh, documents and books and videos and all that stuff. And, you know, we, we find something that connects with us, this indigo term. And of course, most of us have looked off of, you know, the internet and have seen the characteristics of an indigo. And we're just like, oh, wow, that, you know, those, those suit me. Uh, for me, you know, I looked up my ADHD uh, symptoms and, you know, I, I actually typed in, you know, ADHD and indigo um, on Google and, you know, came up with a bunch of stuff. Um, so yeah, that, that, that was sort of like my first, uh, understanding of how, uh, Indigo fit in to the whole, uh, ADHD, uh, thing, because that's, that's who I used to identify myself with, you know, entirely was ADHD, but in a way it actually, it actually helped me, um, because, you know, ADHD, it gave me, a, a, uh, an indicator. Um, I could search up ADHD online. And so then I could search up ADHD and uh, indigo and then be able to connect the two, right? Um, if I didn't have ADHD or if I didn't, you know, wasn't diagnosed with ADHD, then I wouldn't really have that like signpost to show me that, oh, okay, there's this other thing that connects to ADHD or whatever you have. So like I said, like th there's, there's really great things that happen with what could be considered you know, um, bad situations or bad perspectives. But, um, with that being said is that it's, it's just like the beginning of, you know, understanding your indigo, um, uh, name, you know, because really in the grand scheme of things, indigo is only a label and it's a way of describing a certain individual that has unique characteristics than someone else but it doesn't mean that they're more special, you know, more capable than anyone else. It's just that we all have different abilities and uh, we all have different ways of looking at the world, right? And we're all here for a different purpose. So Indigo's, the reason why um, we exist, in my personal opinion, is because, um, like I said before, we're the trailblazers. We're the ones that are on the ground floor and um, we're trying to wake up our brothers and sisters. We have to first wake up our fellow indigos who are already um, in uh, capable of being programmed um, and conditioned by the masses that are intentionally trying to do so. So that's why we come up with a lot of resistance. Um, we come up with uh, a lot of people trying to silence us. And this is what uh, it leads to um, for me personally. Um, I just started, you know, my Facebook group uh, about six months ago. And it's been going very well. Um, you know, I've been growing, um, you know, uh, members and, uh, you know, doing the whole advertising and all that stuff. But uh, along the way, when uh, I started to, uh, you know, share my uh, ideas, um, I started to get banned and censored. And this is where 
I am right now, and this is actually what led me to starting a, a podcast, is um, getting my uh, message out there other than uh, Facebook. Because um, right now I'm starting with Facebook uh, in order to, um, you know, help my message uh, get out there. But um, uh, eventually, well, I'm working on a website now, so there's that in uh, the works. Um, but uh, my ad campaigns uh, for my ad manager and Facebook have been banned and censored um, completely. And uh, so I'm unable to run ads at all. So I can't really reach out to anyone um, on Facebook, which is pretty much a, a major um, way to uh, connect to a lot of people. So now I have to come up with other methods in order to do that. <laughs> so it's it's challenging. But um, that being said, it's uh, it, I'm glad to be able to do that. I'm glad that that actually happened because it's freed me to uh, be able to talk openly and uh, not have to filter, uh, filter my and censor myself uh, to certain, you know, inf information. But uh, with that being said, you know, I, I still want to focus solely on, um, you know, personal development and um, self analysis. Uh, you know, my my group is called Indigo Spiritual Rehab. And it's because I, uh, it's all about reeducation of um, the spiritual type. Because uh, my program that I'm actually working on now, um, talks about uh, the different versions of uh, you know the self I call them right? and self is taken from uh, Carl uh, Carl Jung uh, you know the, the psyche but what it means like the versions of uh, the self so what I believe is that we all go through different versions of who we think we are at any given time uh, throughout our lives um, you know, we start off, um, and I call it the society self. So we go in and, you know, we're, we're doing what we are told, um, by the powers that be. We're talking about the government. We're talking about the person on television, you know, the news anchors, you know, your teachers, um, you know, uh, even your friends, you know, people you high, uh, people you hold at high regard, um, you know, any, any, any person that has uh, an authority or, you know, commands a presence that you want to follow for whatever reason. Um, but that, uh, unfortunately, it's only a certain way of looking at things, right? You're still, you're relying on this person to give you information, right? And you rely on that person to give you the truth, right? You just believe them because you, you already have uh, trust in their character, you know, and of course, if you already have a relationship with this person, like a parent, um, you know, or a really close friend, you'll, you will, most people will believe uh, what that person is telling them um, without really thinking about it. Um, and that's, that's how it works, right? We've been, we've been conditioned uh, throughout our schooling, you know, throughout our early childhood and our parents uh, to think a certain and act a certain way, right? And of course, we were uh, penalized and, um, you know, uh, punished for doing something that, uh, was, uh, so-called inappropriate, uh, to, you know, the narrative. So, you know, we, we accept the, uh, the pony show, you know, the circus of going to school, right. Um, you know, getting an education, they call it, and, uh, you know, getting good grades in, in our classes, and then after high school, you know, uh, maybe we sit with a, 
a, uh, a guidance counselor and they direct us uh, on where to go, you know, um, what to do after school, what kind of interests, you know, you already have um, in school and in high school, you know, and uh, the skills that you already have, like what, what courses were you doing in school that, uh, you know, um, you had uh, good marks, you know, good grades out of, and could you see yourself doing that thing? And, you know, you being naive and um, not really full of much experience yet um, or understanding of how the world works, you know, insight or wisdom, you, you, you know, you, you jump into that because you at that age want to have, you know, the, the girlfriend, the, you know, the wife even, <laughs> and you get that far, uh, even the marriage, you know, you're pushed into that even at that age. So that's your main priorities, right? To settle down um, or to get a successful job and successes, you know, um, uh, it's by the amount of money that you make at that point. Um, and that's just, you know, the way th when you're young like that. Um, and so, yeah, you get into, you get into uh, college or university and you go, you go into those uh, places because you want to gain respect from your peers. And like I said, you want to uh, have a, a, a great family coming out of it, you know, and uh, kids and the white picket fence and all that great stuff. And, um, but then you realize, you know, after you, you, you try that after you go to college or you go to university and you're finally out in the workforce, you know, after um, a year uh, in school um, and well after about three years uh, in high school, <laughs> you've been pretty much in school for most of your life uh, before then. Uh, but then you finally, finally get out into the real world. And then what you do is you sit at a desk um, or, you know, you're in a factory or you're in some, you know, company, uh, working for a boss that's telling you what to do at any given time. Um, and it's just pretty much like school, really, you know, you're, you're, you're directed around, you got to do a certain task to get a certain result. Um, it's pretty repetitive. There's not much thought put into it for the most part. Um, and you know, the, the type of work that you do is, is pretty much what your life revolves around. Um, and there's not much else, you know, you, you go home at the end of the day, um, you get your supper, you know, your wife probably cooks it cause you got a wife now, you know, then you probably have kids as well. And, um, you know, it, it's, you've made it right. Or what society would consider you making it right. Having that house, having the family, having the job, all that stuff. But for some reason, you're still miserable. You still um, have difficulty uh, really taking in that experience and enjoying it. Um, it's something that it's to, you're still restless, but you don't know why. And so, you know, for me personally, I went to uh, a welding college um, and got out uh, and was working for about uh, three years, you know, I was making uh, 1.17 grand in five weeks. I was up uh, in a place uh, on camp um, and I was living there on camp. And yeah, it was it was great money. Um, but uh, the work uh, was miserable because you worked. I was working 80 hour weeks and um, there wasn't much wasn't much time to myself. So besides that, um after uh, that 
that, uh, that, that job, I should say. Um, I just finally had enough of that. And that's, that's what it comes down to. You know, you, you get to a point where you realize that like, okay, everything that society told me, you know, yes, you do this, you go to school, you get the, get the job and you'll be happy. And it didn't happen. So what do you do next? Well, after you do the, like I said, the circus show with, um, the, uh, society self, you know, you're not listening to the news. You're not listening to the parental figures and the teachers and, you know, the, the type of messaging from videos and stuff or social media, what your friends are telling you anymore, because it's, it's failed. You know, the experiment failed. So what do you do now? you start looking into things that those uh, figures, that those people um, are not telling you about. So you delve into all of the conspiracies, right? You look into the JFK assassination, you look into September 11th, you look into, you know, um, the chemtrails and the fluoride in the water and, um, you know, the GMO, the food and um, aliens and all of that, Bigfoot and <laughs> all of that stuff. But really what that is, is um, another attachment to something else. So before you thought that you were this person living in society, that you had this job that was, you know, your identity, um, you know, the diplomas and the certifications that you had, the skills on your resume, all of that equated to who you were as a person. But then you realize that none of that matters and then you drop all of that and then you jump over to the conspiracy side of things. And then you think that that's sort of what matters is your attachment, your beliefs in these really crazy concepts and, um, you know, events uh, that, you know, most people don't talk about. And so you obsess about that stuff and, you, you know, you you try to talk about that stuff with your friends and your family. But you know, they don't want to have anything to do with you with that stuff. And so you sort of push them away and you become, you know, become lonely. You become, uh, un, uh, you know, detached from society in general. You know, most people don't really want to hang out with you because you're a buzzkill talking about the worst case scenario about any given event that, you know, the government is uh, essentially controlling you and manipulating you and you're never going to get anywhere. And so you get into this nihilistic view of the world where, you're then looking at everything through the lens of nothing matters and, you know, everything is going to implode and global warming and, you know, our nuclear uh, attack or whatever <laughs> in the future. And it gives you, you know, um, an excuse to um, not try, you know, just to, if the world was coming to an end, you could just be like, well, the world's coming to an end. I don't have to try in life. So whatever, that's fine. I can just, you know, screw off and, uh, just uh, do whatever I want, um, you know, taking just the pleasures and the fun and watch TV and play video games all uh, all day, every day. But then uh, at a certain point, then you, you get into, uh, you know, you realize that all the conspiracy stuff is uh, doesn't really lead to anywhere uh, good because you're not really looking into the purpose of any of it. You're just entertained by all of the crazy, weird, unknown stuff. And so you jump into uh, the spirituality self. And this is where most indigos face, uh, you know, initially. Um, now, of course, not everyone is going to experience the conspiracy self 
Uh, but everyone goes through the society self because we all, of course, are raised in society, right? Just uh, my my idea there with the the different selves are essentially it's just your uh, attachments to things that are you know surrounding you in your everyday life, right? And so uh, spirituality self would be that next stage. And in spirituality self, you um, essentially you know you hold on to the labels of um, you know light worker and uh, indigo and crystal child and rainbow child and all of that stuff right and then you have this you know your it, it supports your ego it fuels that ego where it's like oh, okay now i'm better than people because i'm this like you know multi-dimensional being you know and i'm able to travel to different star systems and i was the ancestor of you know um noah um you know, Joan of Arc or whatever, or Cleopatra, or, you know, I was a sorcerer, <laughs> you know, um, we all get into those uh, different mentalities when we're on the spiritual path um, at times. And that's just another trap, right? Uh, so when it comes down to it, we need to really be able to disconnect ourselves from all of those different selves and realize that, you know, uh, each, each, each of those selves had a purpose to play, but really we need to understand that we're much more than the labels that we put on. So in the end, an indigo is a label, but it is a way of identifying certain characteristics of a person that helps them grow along their path. So anyway, guys, that's it for me with this first episode. I hope you enjoyed it and it's great talking with all of you. So um, love and light and stay conscious. All right, guys. Peace.